Welcome to the Readings Podcast. I'm Chris Gordon and I work in events and programming at Readings. And today I'm fortunate enough to be speaking with Murray Madison about books we cannot wait to read or we wish that we had read or books that we are looking forward to reading in the sort of non-fiction and fiction areas of our main shop. Welcome, Ari. Welcome. Thank you, Chris. It's great to be here. Um, Yes. So So, all the different ideas about reading books, all of the New Year's resolutions are coming up now. Mm. Books we can't wait for, books we've always meant to read, books we're planning to read, new books by fantastic authors we've actually never read before. Yeah. And that we're too embarrassed to say. Absolutely. Mm -hmm, Except mm -hmm. obviously on air, you should say them that way. Yeah. (laughs) His confession moment. It is a confession moment. I'm okay with that. Okay. I'm I'm just looking deeply into your eyes. I'm not seeing anything else. Mary, what books are you dying to get your hands on? My most anticipated book Mm -hmm. of the year is only two months away, and it's Ali Smith's Spring. Oh, yes. You're a huge fan. I am a huge Ali Smith fan. Uh, This is the third in her season's quartet. Uh, The first two, Autumn and Winter, were both just – magical books. They blew your mind, didn't they? They did blow my mind. They really blew my mind. Autumn was shortlisted for the uh, Booker Prize. Winter, I think, criminally was not and potentially is actually my favourite, definitely one of my favourite Christmas stories involving a busload of tourists, a floating head, some Shakespeare, some detached, you know, corners of England. Um, It's just a beautiful book. So the quartet has been coming out sort of just before Christmas each year, and this year it didn't. Last last Christmas there was no Ali Smith before Christmas, oh. which was, but that's okay because here she is in the Northern Spring, and then I'll be in the Northern Spring, so maybe I'll read her in a Northern Spring. Incredible! But I just can't wait. Four books. I think it will be an immense achievement, kind of chronicling our modern times, but also looking all over looking to Shakespeare, ancient myth, looking to modern artist, older artists, looking sort of next door at the paper. Beautiful, beautiful work. Each of those books can be read on their own, can't they? Completely. Absolutely Mm -hmm. read on their own. I mean, as I guess it's like the seasons. They are each themselves, even if they relate to each other. You can experience each one singularly in any order. There's no order to them. So So just, you know, read a season as it comes along. So Ali Smith's book comes out in a couple of months, so we're mm. talking it's sort of uh, April, May. It's an April release, yes. What about before then? What are you looking forward to reading? What have you got your hot little hands on? Well, I've actually got my hot little hands on a book that I am uh, reviewing for our March newsletter, which is Valeria Luiselli. I think that's how you say her name. I hope so. But, but you know, excuse my terrible... Um, Spanish pronunciation. It's What's called, the title? It's called Lost Children Archive. And Valeria Lucelli is, uh, she might be known by people for an earlier book of hers called The Story of My Teeth. Um, Catchy title. Yes. This is her first novel she's written in English. She's mm-hmm. uh, born in Mexico, lives in New York now and is a resident of New York now. And um, I actually first came across her during a podcast that I was listening to where she was speaking about a project that she'd sort of accidentally got involved in, where she was um, helping translate documents for undocumented um, child migrants Mm. that are unaccompanied in New York who were um, at risk of deportation and also at the border. So the sort of the the US-Mexican border, you know, 
Donald Trump's wall area. Uh, and it was called Tell Me How It Ends. And so she's taken this work that she wrote, this nonfiction work, and this work she was doing herself, and she's written a novel which um, encompasses all of that work in these sound recorders travelling across the country with their children. It is beautiful. It is so richly layered. It's very like it's the kind of book that you pick it up and then you want to pick up six other books that go with it because there's sort of there are these archival boxes that form parts of the story Incredible. and she'll list a, you know a, a whole bunch of the characters will be listing a whole bunch of work that they're reading as oh. they try layer to document the sounds of America the voices the it's, sound of everyday life and you think about the cacophony of everyday life that we live in and this sort of echo chamber we always talk of sounds everywhere and this is just trying to pull those apart a little bit and also get at such an intensely awful situation of many thousands of undocumented children. Awful. So a lost children archive is many things. Mm. It documents undocumented children, lost children archive themselves. We all archive ourselves. I mean, I could just go on forever. This book is amazing. Oh, I'm really looking forward to reading it. Is this a theme, do you think, Mari, that's coming out now just – people's uh, experiences of the modern world. Is that something that we're seeing a lot more now in our fiction? Yeah. I think we're seeing a lot of it in our fiction. I think what's really interesting is I feel the fiction is diving deep into it, mm. this sort of very contemporary feeling of being overrun mm. by traumatic events. So that the fiction is, is basing itself on so many non-fiction Absolutely. Elements. And yet, and the non-fiction is moving further away. Yeah, interesting. So the, it's, it's interesting. I think the fiction is taking escape away from us and bringing us into what's happening. And I think potentially a lot of my nonfiction picks for this year look to be taking us away from what's happening. Can you give me an example? Uh, one of them would be, well, I haven't, I haven't even seen the finished copy yet, mm. but Robert McFarlane, who's a very um, loved sort of nature and history and travel writer, uh, has written about, say, old pathways of England and mm. uh, landmarks in Europe and mountains and why we want to climb them. And he's just written a new book coming out called Underland, which is about the underland, the land underneath us, a bit right. of a deep history. Because we have seen a trend, haven't we, of late, and I think it's continuing into this year, of people exploring the natural world. Absolutely. So people talking about birds or uh, I think this year mm. I feel like there's going to be some books coming out on trees. There, are, I'm sure there will be more books on trees. Yeah. There are always books on trees. There's also um, Barry Lopez who wrote a really well-known um, – your saying books on trees reminded me of it as mm. – uh, last year, the year before, un, uh, Inga Simpson's Understory was a favourite of mine, uh, yeah. and that was about basically... She's a very beautiful writer She's a beautiful writer, and it was a memoir about trees and nature writing and her life. And she goes off to meet Barry Lopez, who wrote a beautiful book called Arctic, Jour Arctic Dreams many years ago, and has now got uh, sort of a compendium of his life if he's travels over six continents coming out this year called Horizon. Do you think these books are all being written in a direct response to sort of environment changes that are happening in global warming? I think it's both environment changes and global warming. And I also feel it's, well, at least for me, the reason I want to read them mm. is slightly more existential than that. It's oh. much more the, the dread, the dread of what 
this built world might be losing. So yes, in climate change, and also a need to sort of slow down and remove ourselves from it a little bit. From the sort of high pace of our modern life. And also just the the excessive amount of information. Mm. This yeah. idea of wanting to sort of just go and concentrate on one thing for a little bit. Yeah. Just kind of look at one thing. I think that's a, a feeling we all, well, I feel we all have. Absolutely. When you talk to people about it, they're all sort of feeling a yearning to be a little bit outside things. Yeah. Yeah. In that way. I mean, another one coming out, which I've only just got my hands on um, and so have only read really the first two lines of, is uh, by an, a British poet, Elizabeth Jane Burnett. It's called The Grassling and it's a memoir of uh, her childhood and her life and also the history of the Devon village where she was born. Her father had um, written a history of it and... Uh, her mother is Kenyan. Mm-hmm. Her father is from this Devon village. And so she, her sort of work is inspired by landscape, her poetry work. And this is a first memoir, but also a little bit of a natural history of Devon and of the land. Um, and also I have recently found out she was part of the mentoring program started by Penguin Random House for trying to get diverse voices sort of out there. And this is one of those first works. Oh, that's very that is, interesting. has been published. So that's coming in March, yeah. When you think about the books that you want to read this year, how much notice do you take of uh, information that you might have got from the publishing houses or from different reviewers? How much notice do you take of of the word, the, the sort of the commentaries around the books. Oh, absolutely. I think the, I mean, the publishing world is so huge, and the number of books passing across our desks. We all know that there's a lot of books piling up all around us, and then you shelve, and there's even more books, and then you, <laughs> you know, you read the paper or you listen to a podcast, and there's more and more books. So you really are always looking for things that sort of just, you know, go oh, oh. Ooh, yeah. jog your yeah. memory. So, I mean, our head book buyer, uh, Alison Huber, this month in the Readings Monthly, that was for February, has done a list of um, things to look out for this year, and it's two full pages of names, it's a, it's amazing enormous, names, enormous. all the big names, Ian McEwen, Margaret Atwood. Mm. I've just found out Jeanette Winterson has a new book coming mm. out called mm. Frankenstein to do with Mary Shelley and Kisses. Not sure yet. Can't wait to find out. That's coming in May. I think it's May. Um, another one I was just asking around the uh, office. We've had uh, customers coming in wanting to know, is that Hilary Mantel book actually coming this year? And is it? Apparently there is a ISBN on a foreign website, a, U- a UK <laughs> That's website, everybody hope. and a date unspecified. Oh. I mean, it has a title. It'll get here eventually. I mean, you know, these are big histories. They take a while. I mean, I mean the, when you're looking at sort of the books that you're going to read this year, uh, how often do you read out of your own comfort zone? Being a bookseller and someone who also reviews books, how often do you take yourself out of your own little niche of comfort? I try to do it at least once a month Yeah, with varying success, but I often look to review books that are outside of my comfort zone and I also am convening a number of book clubs this year and I'm trying to choose books for them that are also outside my comfort zone, which is, I think, what other people want from a book club as well. So conveners also want that. We all yeah. want to be pushed to read something a little bit Jolted different. A little. Jolted into it, sort of, you know. I mean, 
not entirely out of my own comfort zone, but definitely out of my own writing style. There's a book that I have been sort of eyeing off that came in over Christmas. Um, And a lot of books that come in towards the end of Christmas kind of get lost in the shelves a little bit. But it's called Dreamers, When the Writers Took Power by an author, I think his name is uh, Volker Weidemann, a German writer. And it's about uh, this short period in Munich at the end of the First World War, November 1918 to February 1919, when there was a tiny revolution Mm. in Munich. Mm. And they uh, declared a free state of Bavaria and their prime minister was, or president, I can't now remember, was uh, Kurt Eisner. And other people involved were Thomas Mann, Rene Rilke. It was just a very odd time. And then he was assassinated three months later. It was this like revolutionary government by writers in And you enjoyed reading it? It's, It's a really interesting book. I mean- I think we think of history in a very particular way. And even though we've had a lot of narrative histories come out now, we still expect a certain, I don't know, not even dryness, but matter-of-factness to our history writing because it's fact. Mm. But um, this is not the first of the German one um, history books I've read, which are much more narrative-focused. You could be reading a novel. Do you read? Do you skip pages when you read? Or you are sort of a word-by-word word um, reader? I'm a word-by-word word reader when I'm reading fiction, mm. and I do on occasion skip pages when I'm reading nonfiction. Interesting. Because I agree. otherwise I actually skip around often when I'm reading nonfiction. Mm. I'll move around. And I don't read short story collections in order either. I'll, you dive in and you dive out. I dive in and I dive out. But I, if I'm reading fiction, I really try very hard to read Every word, and in some books like the this one that I've been speaking of now, Lost Children Archive, I reread words. Yeah, of course, because it's so beautifully written. So beautifully written. Same with Ali Smith, reread words. So, is there books that you would recommend for people that are going into the year with a with a sort of a sense of obligation? Is there books that are coming out that uh, that you would recommend for people that want to live and know a little bit more about what they can do to help the world? Oh, I think there's, look, there's probably many. I would actually suggest that they look to fiction a little Mm, more. Interesting. Which is not what you'd expect. No. But I feel a lot of the um, moral imperative is in fiction at the moment. Um, So Lost Children Archive, you read that and you think, how can we be worrying about anything when we've got these children that need our help? Um, There is one that's just come out. Um, I haven't seen it yet in store and um, by a psychoanalyst called Josh Cohen and I'm not entirely sure of the title this is how good this is but I mean I will find out and it's about it's not about idleness but it is about idleness it's about stopping it's about trying to spend some time about being just being he does this he gives this beautiful description of psychoanalysis which is that it's not purposeful in and of itself, it's an experience and it's just an experience you have. And there are so many things we're impelled to do, all, you know, compelled to do all the time that it's amazing to have just a moment and the regenerative aspect of having a moment to yourself. And I think, you know, both all those nature writing books I'd mentioned um, are good for that as well. And Are there some books that you would recommend that you know will be taking – uh, that will be turned into sort of a, a talking book that will just l- 
you know, lend themselves so beautifully to being read out loud? Oh, I I think that Ali Smith will lend mm. itself to reading. Um, there is a new book from Max Porter coming out, who's wrote Grief is a Grief is a Thing with Feathers. Oh yeah. Um, he's a poet who's writing novels and his new one, Lanny, is coming out in a couple of months and I think that will lend itself to reading aloud. I also think this one here, The Grassling, that I mentioned earlier by the poet, definitely lends itself. Just that beautiful lyrical sort of language. So that- much beautiful language and the idea, the idea of space, the idea of thinking. Tonight the light from the cottage on the hill is the last to go as the rain beats against the windows. Pulled and pummeled, I wake somewhere in the storm where somehow there is singing. Oh. But it's a history of a Devon village. So this is what I mean. It's the beautiful. People are turning every which way Yeah, uh, in their writing. Uh, yeah, I think it's I very think interesting. Fiction and non-fiction, I mean. Yeah, we're slipping and sliding all over the place. Yeah. So, apart from the books that you are reviewing at the moment, Mary, what have you got on your bedside table? What are you reading now for pleasure? What am I reading for pleasure? Well, I am reading a couple of things for pleasure. I am reading a travel guide of Sweden. (laughs) Because you're on your way? Um, Because I'm on my way. I'm also reading, um, oh, I'm just trying to remember the title of it. It's a um, it's one that's just come out. Old it's, Europe, I want to say the title is. Um, that's terrible, isn't it? It's not give you a title. It's uh, no, it's fine. It's on uh, Trieste in seventy nine, uh, Prague in Vienna in eighty five, I think, and Prague in eighty eight. And it's about the end of the Cold War and the end of the Habsburg Empire. And I'm going to those three cities, so I want to read about them. You are doing your research for your extraordinary journey that's Absolutely. coming up. Absolutely. Always researching. I'm looking forward to talking to you some more after you come back from your trek across the icy lands of, of uh, far Europe. Oh, I hope to come back with some more books I found along the way. Ah, oh, that's going to be interesting. Mm. That's going to be very interesting. Mary Madison, a person that you can find running uh, many book clubs at, in Readings Land. You can find her also at Readings Carlton. Thank you so much for your time today. Such a pleasure to talk to you. Oh, thanks, Chris, for having me here ramble about the coming books and the state of the world. Oh, it's absolutely my pleasure. You can stream previous episodes of the Reading Podcast on our website on readings.com.au where you'll also find news, reviews and interviews and information on our current books, music and DVD releases. You can even sign up to our newsletter, The Readings Monthly. Thank you to Atticus today for recording this session and a special mention to Tom Hoskins for his fabulous introductory tune. This podcast today has been recorded at the Kathleen Sun Library. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been a joy. Thank you.